plague is spreading in our entertainment industry. Do you know what it is? You might not, but it affects you nonetheless. Let's deep dive together and explore the ways you can avoid the mistakes others are making to contribute to this growing epidemic, and more importantly, reach your potential as an artist. Welcome to Phil Svitek Podcast. Welcome, dear creative. My name is Phil Svitek, and it's my mission with this show to help you master mental fortitude because it takes way more than just skills and talent to succeed in the entertainment industry. If you don't, the proverbial wheels will come off the wagon. And today I want to discuss with you what I've noticed has been plaguing our industry for a number of years. More importantly though, I want to show you how you can actually avoid those same mistakes. But let's start with what I'm alluding to. And that's the fact that some people just don't care about the craft anymore. They don't study it. They don't learn it. That's not to say that they don't have any skills or talent. But talent and skills must be applied towards something. That's how they are expressed. It's how you know if someone is talented or not. Furthermore, skills need to continue to be nurtured. Otherwise, they go away. I did a whole lesson on this idea that talent is a process and not just a skill set. If you haven't yet listened to it, I encourage you to check out that episode afterwards. In fact, just go ahead and subscribe now if you haven't already. That way, you can get all of my lessons as soon as they become available. If you just subscribe, well, I truly appreciate it. And I promise I'll strive to bring you insightful lessons each and every Wednesday. But anyway, back to the task at hand. The types of people that I'm referring to here are captivated by the idea of our business but not as interested in learning what it takes. Son, what are you going to do with your life? I'm going to be popular on social media. No, but what are you going to do as a career? I just told you. They are in it for the idea of success rather than the work. When the barrier to entry is easy, it can make people think everything else is just as easy. And that's not the case. Trust me. Many people who enter the arena, so to speak, do so because they're enthralled by the glamorization that the media has chosen to push forward as a narrative. You can look to shows like Entourage and 30 Rock or magazine covers, social media, etc. The only shows that I've seen that actually question the Hollywood lifestyle are Extras and BoJack Horseman. The point being, though, that a lot of people who then come into the entertainment space are in love with the idea, but lack the inherent desire. It's no different than what entrepreneur and internet personality Gary Vee sees in his business. Allow me to paraphrase him. The idea of being an entrepreneur is so romanticized and anyone can start being their own boss today that everyone then thinks entrepreneurship is something you automatically know. Gary Vee argues that not everyone has the entrepreneur gene. It's something within you. Even before he started his business, he displayed traits necessary to start an enterprise. He would mow lawns for money. He would shovel snow in the winter for cash and on and on and on. That same spirit and those natural traits are ones he continues to use in his deal-making, salesmanship, and so forth. The only difference between him as a boy and now in his 40s is that he's gained more specific techniques and valuable insights from experience. So, number one, you must recognize whether you really do want to be in the creative space or you just are seeking the fame. Many of the directors I look up to used to shoot videos of all kinds as kids. They draw, they write stories, they did whatever it took to express their creativity. Is that you? If you didn't do those things, it's okay. It doesn't mean you're not meant for this. You just might have a late start, that's all. But do you have a willingness to learn? Do you enjoy those activities? That's the key. Here's one manifestation of someone jumping in without the appetite to learn. There's people out there that have the means to something, whether it be equipment or expensive software. They think that all of a sudden with these tools, they have what it takes. 
Maybe they use their DSLR camera to shoot photos and post them on social media. And all of a sudden, instantly, they dub themselves a photographer and social media marketer. Or they'll have a fantastic camera such as the RED camera, which can retail for $70,000 with all the necessary add-ons such as a lens, batteries, etc. And with this RED camera, they feel worthy of calling themselves a cinematographer. What they have is an amazing piece of equipment, but they don't know how to use it. Of course, they can learn those skills, and if I haven't made it clear by now, I hope they do. But there's a vast difference between having great gear and producing great content. Ironically, I don't put the blame as much as on these individuals as I do on the people hiring them. What I see oftentimes is producers that want to make a film and they say to themselves uh, they'd like to have it look as best as it can. And so they take notice of the person with the red camera and say, let's do it. Normally the red camera is very expensive and a great cinematographer is also expensive. Therefore, the inexperienced person with the red camera has no idea how to use it and so his rates might be a lot cheaper that low cost suddenly becomes appealing to the producers of the film. But what they're taking for granted is there's more to cinematography than just a great camera. Way, way, way more. There's lighting, there's composition, movement, flow of actors and extras and so on. That's the real problem. The plague of our industry is that we lower the quality of content and ice out people who study the craft and take the medium seriously. I understand budgets are an issue for everybody. Certainly they are for me with this series. It takes a lot of time and effort and money, but nonetheless, I strive to deliver as good a product I can despite doing most of the work myself. And each week, I try to get better in all areas, whether it be the writing, the shooting, the editing. I'm still learning, same as anyone else but you can be economical and still make a quality product. All I have to do is identify what the primary goal is. Now mine is to put forth the most insightful content I can that'll help you. The rest is secondary to be honest. You too can deliver quality content by identifying where you shouldn't overspend and the areas where you should spend. And in time, as things develop, so will your resources. But I warn you now, even then, you'll always feel limited in some capacity. The good news is, that's okay. Embrace these limitations. As Orson Welles said, the enemy of art is the absence of limitations. So focus on what's important. Do the best you can and strive for progress. Content creators should adapt this mentality of wanting to learn and grow while producers should not skimp out on production value because of financial limitations. Don't get cheap on me, Dodson. Now, production value is a film term in case you're unaware and refers to the perceived value or cost of something. Many incredible films with small budgets have great production value because the people making them understand the craft and employ all the tricks of the trade. Now, it might take longer and cost seemingly more to find the right person for the job, but they are out there. And I use the word seemingly because more often than not, when people try to cheap out at the beginning of productions, it comes back to bite them in the ass later because let's say the story's not working the way you intended and then you have to go and do reshoots or create visual effects that you weren't planning on, which ends up costing way more than doing it right the first time. But going back to the content creator, aka you, you must have humility when it comes to your journey. When people ask me what I'm capable of, I know what I can do and what I can't do. I'm honest about it. I'm also honest that if they require me to do something else, I highlight how I go about learning it so they know up front there would be a learning curve. They either accept my answers or they don't. If they don't, it's okay because I was truthful to them and myself. Other opportunities will come. 
I know because I'll create them for myself and continue to get better. Simply put, I believe in myself. In our culture, there's two factors responsible for this symptom of having underqualified personnel. The first, you can't control, and that's the hiring and vetting process. Hiring managers try to hurry this process along so they can get to the project. However, the most successful people in companies understand that the hiring process is one of the most important phases. Hire the right candidate, and you elevate the project. Secondly, the one you might be a victim of but can actually change is the mindset of fake it till you make it. I can't stand that phrase. Fake it till you make it? It's such a dishonest notion. If you've dabbled with Photoshop for five minutes, it doesn't mean you know Photoshop. People use this notion of faking it and end up putting Photoshop as a skill on their resume as a result. That's false. Guess what? Going back to my earlier example of cinematography, a great visual storyteller will be able to use any piece of gear and make it look compelling. That's why there's films that are shot on smartphones that look absolutely gorgeous. Some actually even look better than one shot on film. Now imagine that skilled cinematographer and what he or she would be able to do with the red camera. That's true artistry, being able to apply your knowledge toward a creative project to enhance it. That's what I want for you. This business evolves daily and you must learn the principles of the trade in order to make yourself valuable. That's what I mean when I say learn the craft. It's a rigorous process, especially in the beginning. You have to have patience as the cliche goes. You have to have humility. Don't fake it till you make it. That's horseshit. And it's what ends up plaguing our industry. Make yourself better. If you're going to trick anyone, trick yourself into believing you can do it. Behavioral therapist Marissa Pierce says that your mind believes the words you tell it, whether they're actually true or not. It goes back to that idea of the power of words. If you tell yourself you are no good, then that's what you'll be. But if you're specific and tell yourself, I can learn to be a great photographer, or even better, I will learn photography, then you will have a much easier time of achieving that goal because that positive mindset will ingrain itself in your entire body and be part of your aura. That might sound like mumbo jumbo, but life coach Tony Robbins talks about how mental shifts can alter your physiology. Researcher Joe Spenza's made it a mission in life to prove this notion through science and so far has overwhelming cases to back up the claim. So do it. Start there. Identify what you're really after. Not the fame, the glory, or the money, but the intrinsic creative value. I want to be a writer. Great. I want to be a marketer. Amazing. I want to be a poet. Wonderful. I want to be a graphic designer. So good. Whatever it is, think about it and know it. Allow yourself to say positive affirmations. I will learn to be a great writer. I can be an incredible marketer. I have what it takes to be a poet. Say it out loud, don't be shy. Go into a private room if you have to, but say it and say it over and over and over. Let it seep in, do this each and every day. Once you've begun that process, then continue it while entering the next stage, which is to humble yourself and study. Get better, practice with intention, experiment. There will be times when you're frustrated because something's not working the way you imagine. That's okay. It'll happen, but stick with it for longer. Overcome that frustration. It is in surpassing your frustrations where growth takes place. There's plenty of times I saw what I wanted to accomplish, let's say in a short film, and when I went to do it, the result was vastly different. I took a deep breath and went at it again. The more calmer you remain, again, this is where positive affirmations can help, the easier it will be to overcome because your mind will focus on the solution and not the problem. The greater the frustration level you hold, the less chance you'll have at finding the right solution. After that, look for opportunities to become involved. There's big debates I hear 
all the time about whether young people should go to college or not. Don't waste your money on college, some will say. Others will say, no, no, you need to go to college. There's examples of successful people on both sides of the argument. And there's examples of unsuccessful people on both sides as well. What no one really seems to be talking about in these discussions is that college represents education, something to learn. Well, if you don't go to college, that's fine, but you must supplement your education in another way. The person who goes to college but doesn't take it seriously is not better off than the person who didn't go but took online classes and volunteered on indie productions. Conversely, the person who didn't go to college and stayed home to slack off is not better off than the person who did go to college and who applied himself and really took advantage of the resources he paid for. A trait of successful people is that they look at things not by how much it is going to cost them, but more so how much it is going to make them. So whether it's a financial investment or time investment, think about what it'll bring you. College is very expensive, I'll admit it. The college I went to, Emerson College, nowadays costs around $70,000 with room and board per year. That's a ton of money. Now, I didn't pay $70,000 per year, but I still paid a lot. What I gained was worth it to me, though. There's no right or wrong way to go about it because there is no absolute career ladder when it comes to the entertainment industry. What you must possess is talent, knowledge, insight, and be able to apply. You must be able to learn and grow regardless of the path you choose. Here's a path many people overlook or dismiss working for free. There's a big stigma against working for free. I think it's a bad stigma. I think when you're starting out, it's not working for free. It's you not having to pay to learn. I encourage any novice to find someone they can shadow and spend as much time observing and learning as they can. If you do that, you might not be making money, but how much more money are you saving? And more importantly, what are you gaining? Compare the cost of not having to pay anything versus paying $70,000 a year for college big difference, right? Again, not knocking college. I think there's a value to college for certain people. It's not black or white, but whether you're in college or not, you should seek out apprenticeships or internships or just volunteer. Whatever it is, find someone you can learn from by offering to do something for them. I remember I used to go to our local news station in New Haven whenever I could and watch this editor named Brian cut promos on Avon. In high school, I had a friend named Stephen Withers who was incredible with visual effects. Whenever he'd let me, I'd visit his house to watch him composite shots. That is how I started to learn, by observing. I spent a lot of time doing that, and it's part of what taught me to be good at editing and storytelling. In return for their generosity, I did whatever I could for them, even if it was as simple as bring Brian a cup of water so he wouldn't have to waste time going down the hallway. This spirit carried me through my early years in this business and has rewarded me tremendously. You too can reap the same rewards. Strive to learn as much as you can from anyone who is willing to teach you. I especially encourage you to do this if you're a teenager tuning in. You have the whole world ahead of you, and the other advantage that you have is society doesn't apply the same expectations and responsibilities on you. You have more wiggle room, so to speak. So please take advantage of that. If you're someone older, that's okay. You too can still apply these methods. Just have patience with yourself. You're not behind the eight ball or anything like that, so don't think it. Afterwards, though, once you start to understand the core principles of the trade, you can then apply your skill sets towards projects. Try them out. The more you succeed, the more valuable you become and can begin to offer your services to others for a fee. Your value becomes the ability in helping someone realize their vision from a technical standpoint. The better and faster you can do it, the more you can charge. 
Remember, just because you make it seem simple and easy doesn't mean it is. Uh, they are not paying you based on time and effort. They are paying you based on expertise and their years of hard work you put in beforehand. All this should be very exciting because there's many, many places for you to learn the craft. Whether it be Skillshare.com, Lynda.com, Masterclass, Facebook groups, trade schools, colleges, YouTube videos, on and on and on. There's so many resources and many of them are actually free. Because up to this point, it seems I've been ragging on people that have access to great equipment. I want to offer up a practical solution if you happen to fall into that category. Offer up your equipment for free to productions, provided they have insurance to cover any damages, of course. And make it a condition that you get to be on set and shadow the person you want to learn from, whether it be the cinematographer or the director or the producer. It doesn't really matter. The choice is yours. Make it a stipulation. That way you get to learn directly from someone who is doing what you want to learn to do. But you're still offering them something of value. It's an exchange. It's what we call a barter deal. Now, if you're on the producing side of the equation, I urge you to not make the mistake of hiring someone ill-suited for the job because it will cost you more in the long run. I promise you that. As producers, it is up to us to maintain a standard. The most successful media adheres to standards. Game of Thrones has set such a high bar in terms of acting, visuals, storytelling, and so on, and it pays off. The best YouTubers maintain the same level of output and quality week in, week out. There are so many examples. Let's embrace it and not just take shortcuts. And guess what? In the end, if you promote someone who is underqualified, you're not doing them a service. The aspect no one ever seems to have time for is helping to educate. If someone shows a desire and a willingness but aren't at the level they need to be for a certain position, let them know. Provide them with constructive criticism and point them in a direction where they can learn. Whether or not they do is up to them, but allow them the opportunity. That is how we begin to reverse this plague in our business, by encouraging people to learn the craft, by supporting one another. Otherwise, we'll only continue to go downward. I know I may be making it out to be more dire than it actually is, but I do worry about these things because I see it in other industries too. To be an Uber driver, how qualified do you have to be? To operate an elevator in a hotel, what training must you go through? To be a waiter at a restaurant, what's it really take? All three of these are examples where the overall quality diminishes over time because we allow the bar to be lowered. Sure, there's places like Paris where being a server is actually looked upon as a good profession. And there's plenty of people who take each of these roles very seriously throughout the world. But for the ones that do, there's countless ones who just look at it as a paycheck. And who ultimately suffers as a result? It's the consumer. In our own industry, this plague of content creators not taking the time to learn the craft and employers hiring up mediocre staff reveals itself through unchecked facts and journalism. It appears as flashy titles to grab your attention, but with little substance behind it. It is talk shows, whether on TV, the radio, or podcasts, who conduct pointless interviews solely for the purpose of getting a juicy soundbite from the guests that will spread everywhere and be out of context. Until society makes a cultural shift to not let this happen, I encourage you and I plead with you to always make a conscious and serious effort to do the best that you can and to keep learning. That's what all this is all about. Stop focusing on the external rewards. Take responsibility for yourself first and foremost and strive to show the world your creative talents. Because here's another secret. No one can truly predict what media will stick. Hollywood has been trying to stack the deck in its favor has failed many, many times. 
They hire people with huge social media followings thinking it'll draw a crowd to the movies. Things don't convert easily like that. So don't follow that line of thinking. There's no secret sauce of that kind. At the time of this recording, Avengers Endgame has made $1.2 billion worldwide. That's within its first week out. I can't imagine what it'll end up making over the long haul. The point I'm making, though, is that Marvel wasn't always Marvel. 11 years ago, they took a calculated shot with Iron Man, and it paid off. They gained momentum with each film, but had patience. Nowadays, when you say Marvel, many non-comic book audiences will look at that 11-year history as quote-unquote Marvel. What's fascinating to look at, though, is that Marvel has been around much, much longer, dating all the way back to 1939 when it was first formed as Timely Comics. Throughout their 80-year history, they've had many ups and downs. The culmination of that history finally got them to this point in time when they are basically synonymous with movie success. Incredible to think about because it proves you don't fully know when something will take off. All you can do is put your best foot forward, write the best story, shoot the best film, whatever it is. If you do that, eventually something you do will resonate with audiences. But if you take shortcuts, aka don't learn the craft, you'll never find that success. Sure, you might get lucky for a moment, but it won't last. Go back to my question. Are you after 15 minutes of fame or are you an artist that needs to create? I sincerely hope it's the latter. Otherwise, you'll just contribute to the spreading plague in our industry. I say that not to villainize you, but to motivate you. It's my honest desire to see you become the best you can be. To end with, here's a Stephen Pressfield quote that encapsulates the sentiments of this entire lesson. Quote, if you were meant to cure cancer or write a symphony or crack cold fusion and you don't do it, you not only hurt yourself, even destroy yourself, you hurt your children. You hurt me. You hurt the planet. You shame the angels who watch over you and you spite the Almighty who created you and only you with your unique gifts for the sole purpose of nudging the human race one millimeter farther along its path back to God. Creative work is not a selfish act or a bid for attention on the part of the actor. It's a gift to the world and every being in it. Don't cheat us of your contribution. Give us what you've got. End quote. That's right. Give us what you've got. Learn the craft. Don't let it die. Strive to be better each and every day and it'll reflect in your art. That's a beautiful thing. It really is. And audiences will see that in due time. That's a wrap. But before you click away to another lesson, I want to remind you that you can read the transcript of this episode and access other free resources on my website. Links are provided below. Also, I just released a short film my friends and I made called A Very LA Birthday. I invite you to check it out. It's only about five minutes. Lastly, a big shout out to the people that helped make this episode possible. If you too would like to support this show, you can either um, by going on my Patreon or support some of my merch. Thanks for tuning in. I'm at Phil Svitek on social media, and I'll see you next Wednesday with another one of my lessons. Bye.